What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 228 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We are here on a Tuesday evening for you guys. Tom, we've got some conference championships to discuss. We've got some Giants news. We have a big retirement, and now we have the Brian Flores bombshell. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Yeah, a lot, lot going on in the NFL outside of the field and, and obviously on the field. Um, then we'll talk a little NBA towards the end. Uh, before we just fully break out to the NBA in about two weeks' time when, um, well, we got trade deadline, but then football will be no longer. I know. This is the this is the sad weekend where we don't have football at all. And, 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 uh, and for all the hot take artists that are like, oh, man, you know, it feels like football's been going on forever and this, that, and the third, like, cut it out. You know you're going to miss it. Dude, it feels like that every year. Like yeah. we, we said that this year felt a little extra long, but it's like this every year. Whenever we have that gap between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, it's like, ah, shit, I already really miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got nothing this weekend. We got the Pro Bowl. What am I going to gamble on? That? Oh, geez. So I think you better start walking into some NBA and college basketball. Um, yep. Why don't we recap those conference championships, Tom, that got us to a Super Bowl? We'll start with the biggest surprise, and that was in the AFC, where the Bengals overcame a 20-3 to deficit at the hands of the Chiefs to win 27-24 in overtime on another McPherson legendary kick. I mean, I want to let you start this off. All I can say is, wow, honestly. Both games, a tale of two halves for uh, quarterbacks, and Joey Burr. I had to once there. Um, uh, well done. I'm not going to jump you. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, Burrow was sacked how many times? It was the week before that he was sacked like it was nine times? the week times? before he was sacked nine times against Tennessee. I don't know how many times he was sacked this game. I mean, and the guy just keeps coming. I don't know if that makes for a long career, but it's going to make for a hell of a career. Um, because he completely outplayed Patrick Mahomes and that offense completely outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs offense in the second half and again it was a tale of two halves for the Chiefs we can look at them first um the losers um terrible coaching job terrible quarterbacking job you're getting you're literally Tom Bradying them death by a thousand paper cuts short passes to McKinnon and Hill and all this shit they're just basically saying we're not going to let you beat us deep and that gave you what a 24 to to three lead it was 20 it was 20 to three 20 to three lead at halftime and then you go out and and you're just like all right let's air it out now after the first after the first possession when you see that they still haven't reverted from their game plan of not letting them beat you deep just keep paper cutting them up i mean and mahomes stunk it was 21 to 3 so that's what it was so yes you're right on all of that i i blame it's the head coaching but i blame the attitude of the kansas city chiefs that you gotta blame the quarterback plain, too though it was plain arrogance so let me start at the end of the first half where they're doing everything that you mentioned to, to build up a nice big lead. Mahomes has three touchdowns. They're running it down their throats. It looks like this is going to be the game that you and I kind of predicted it might be, right? They're going to have their way with the Bengals. They're, the Bengals aren't in the same league as the Chiefs, and we can just put them right in the Super Bowl now. I don't have to worry about the second half. It's a beautiful day in Austin. Let's get ready for the second game. Um, 
glad, glad it was a beautiful had. day for you, bro. We're dealing with fucking feet up here of snow. Yeah, I heard I heard about that. You have my deepest sympathies. Um, <laughs> it was to go first of all to go for it and not kick the field goal to make it twenty four to three or twenty four to ten. It would have been at the end of the half. Okay, fine. That's your play call. That's your execution. The bubble screen. It looked like the Jets are the yeah. It looked like the Jets are the Giants trying to convert a touchdown at the end of a half. That was, was a Giants. That was a Giants esque. It was pathetic, dude. I couldn't believe it. And I said, "All right, well, you know they are the and Chiefs. I think they should kick here, but they're not going to. I so think they're going to dial up a great play, and they'll be fine." That's where the game turned. I think you're absolutely right, and that totally goes to coaching and Mahomes in in general, just their attitude. Like, oh, whatever, we'll just give it to Tyreek Hill and we'll score. But that's just a bad play call right there. I mean, throw a fade. What did they have, four seconds? They had seven seconds left, if I'm not mistaken, right? Seven seconds left. Seven, seven, yeah. Just tell Kelsey to run a straight line really quick. Mahomes passes it. If it's incomplete, you kick the field goal with two seconds left. If not, you get a touchdown. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's where the momentum shifted because Cincinnati was able to score that touchdown to make it 21-10, and it didn't feel close because Kansas City had been gouging them. But you say, okay, well, this is a team but with that's an how attitude and a character. Exactly, dude. That's why I said that's where the momentum shifted because after that, Mahomes throws for a total of 55 yards. He's getting sacked. He's holding onto the ball too long. He's throwing interceptions. He's, and they no they look like the November Chiefs. They really did, and it looked like they kind of coasted. I think that what happened was either they got too arrogant and they didn't take the Bengals seriously, and the Bengals said, hey, we got nothing to fucking lose. No one expects us to win this game. And or fatigue from the week before in that classic Bills game finally came back to, to bite them, and they just didn't have a lot left. I, I think don't that's know if an end. was nursing an injury. It might be. But they just didn't. They looked so flat. They looked exhausted. They looked lethargic. And I'm not saying that because they didn't just produce. Uh, it was just like I'm watching a completely different team. It was as if they just got deflated at halftime. Meanwhile, Burrow, some of those runs he had to get first downs, I don't know how he escaped from Frank Clark on one of them. I think it was a third and nine, and he scampered, breaking like four tackles to get to the pylon. That dude just has serious balls, man. The alpha he wore before the game, rocking the diamonds at the end of the game. Like, that team loves him, not to mention the playmakers. T. Higgins had a huge game. Mixon was carving them up, especially towards the end, wearing down that Kansas City defense. We know what Jamar Chase can do when he got the ball in open space. But I give more credit to that Cincinnati defense because a flip switched or a switch flip for them, and they were wreaking havoc on Mahomes. Absolutely, and I think I think honestly, you got to look at it. You said if it's fatigue or if it's. Um, if it's just arrogance and the Chiefs just not making plays. I, I think offensively it was pure arrogance, but I do think the defense was pretty worn down, and you could see it in that second half. Yeah, the Bengals just looked like the fresher team. Now, we've seen this in sports before, right? And I think there was a lot of pressure starting to mount as the Bengals were chipping away at that lead because the stadium, the team, everybody's like, there's no way that they're going to lose this game. There's just no way they're going to lose to the Bengals. And I think that that pressure, maybe some shell shock from the Super Bowl previous where Mahomes got beat to shit, he started to get beat up a little bit more here. He was rushing throws. He didn't look confident. He didn't look comfortable. And, man, I, I still think that 
everybody in the world thought they were going to win when they once again won the coin toss at, at overtime. Yeah, and Mahomes, I mean, that was one of the worst overtime showings I've ever seen. Why? First of all, you should say thank God on the on the first on the what was it the second play of overtime? I think they had an incomplete Eli pass on in the first play, um, where Eli Apple, your former boy, um, drops the pick, and then it's like, okay, I'm not going over the middle. I'm not going deep again. I, I we need to revert. If any time the light bulb needs to go off, where it's like, let's just de- again, I'll say it death by a million paper cuts let's just get surgical on these guys and then Mahomes turns around and does it again that's just the epitome of arrogance the Chiefs need to go back to the drawing board because in these tight playoff games where their assholes get real tight and these comebacks are mounted the the last two seasons they have they have not had a plan b no no they haven't and you know Mahomes too He's so good at these off-schedule throws and these unscripted plays. It's kind of like what's made his legendary status so far in his career. But, man, if you're not hitting those, those are mistakes that in the first two years of his career he was getting away with, and we're starting to see over the last two years, he's not getting away with them nearly as much, whether they be interceptions so or drops. Figured figure it out. I mean, they're starting they, to spy, yeah. and and they're not, they're not letting him get off-kilter and off-schedule. And again, it goes back to the arrogance, and it's just like dink and dunk. Those passes to McKinnon or the short passes to any of those wide receivers were there all game, including overtime. Yep. No, man, I'm totally with you. It, it was a bad – it was a really bad loss. And honestly, and, great coaching job by Zach Taylor and the defensive staff there to call their bluff oh, and say, absolutely. you know, I don't think you guys are going to – I don't think you guys are going to keep doing this. We're giving a lot of shit to the Chiefs, and honestly, if you're going to divide up the pie that we always do, yes, the Bengals deserve a fuck ton of credit. Yes, Joe Burrow is a fucking savage. Yes, Taylor and the defensive staff did an unbelievable job, as did the personnel on the field, but this was just an an epic, epic collapse, given the circumstances, given the lead they had jumped out to, given being at home, given being this fringe dynasty, and Tom... This just goes to show how amazing the seven rings Brady won is. Because you look at Rodgers, right? He's not he's only been to one. He won that. Well, that's that why was, that's that why Mahomes is, years ago. Mahomes is looking more like Rodgers every day because that would have never happened with Brady because I mean not to say that Mahomes is stupid, but Brady's too smart. Brady would yeah. have saw that and said even if he was more of a deep thrower, which he did have a good arm, shout out to Brady for the retirement. Um, he would have said, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna take what the defense gives me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this team down the field on a nice four and a half minute drive, and then we're gonna run it up the gut, and whoever my running back is is gonna score, and we're gonna go to the Super Bowl." You know, I was really happy for Andy Reid. You know, exercising those demons a few years ago, and they they had to come back in that one. San Francisco had that game won for. I three, but at that time you know, it was like Mahomes and, was still new, and he was the ultimate deodorizer to Andy Reid, which mistakes still were made. Mahomes seemed to overcome them, but now it's at the point where Mahomes is fully taken on Andy Reid, and it's almost to his detriment. Well, I was just going to go there, man. I mean, you beat me to the punch. You were sorry. You, were, you interrupted me, but you don't have to be sorry about it. Um, I I, I think that. Like you said, Mahomes had just a, an aura about him his first two years that the only thing that stopped him from going to one in 2018, his MVP year, and probably winning it against that bad Rams offense was the fact that, you know, who was it? D4 lined up offsides and allowed the Pats to win. 
because he they outplayed the Pats in that game. And then obviously you see the comeback in the Super Bowl, they win. Michael Wilbon says this line all the time, and it's great because it's true. He calls them the dynasty of one. Everybody's tried to anoint them as this dynasty, and they're not. They have one Super Bowl and two appearances in a four-year window where they've made the championship game each year. And you know what that sounds a lot like to me? Sounds a lot like those Eagles teams in the early to mid two thousands, except they actually were able to crack through and win one of those and win a Super Bowl. We don't know, man. That AFC, we'll talk about it more in the off season. That's a fucking gauntlet. And if you want to put it more in the micro, that AFC West is a fucking gauntlet. There is no guarantee that the Chiefs make it back to the AFC Championship game, let alone the Super Bowl and win one. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I said it last week where I felt bad for all the other quarterbacks aside from Allen and Mahomes, but now I don't because I think it's wide open if Mahomes doesn't get his shit together because you know what? This league could be Mahomes for the next, whatever, 10 years. But if if he's going to keep making these mental mistakes, these November mistakes in, in in early February, late January, then you know what? The, somebody else is going to be able to take over. And eventually Kelsey's going to, you know, have to, have to hang it up and, and Tyree kills not going to be the fastest man in football. And, some of those players are not going to be there anymore, and Mahomes is going to have to do everything himself. And, Tom, they could be the Packers, right? Where you're a yep. perennial division winner, you're, you're a t- always a double-digit win team. But when the lights are bright now, uh, that's two straight opportunities in your biggest games. And I know we're, they just came – they had one of the best wins in playoff history a week ago. But How many times can not, you do that, though? And you, Exactly. And you can't lose to the and Bengals. Teams, Shout I mean, out, Bengals. I mean, and it just goes back to the arrogance, and it's like, you don't think these teams, heavy is the head that wears the crown, man. You don't think these teams are going to game plan for, you. for your shenanigans? Look at you. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Way to close that one out. Props to the Bengals, though. This yeah, is, uh, I feel like we need to give, really them, give them some more love because we're talking about the team that lost a hell of a lot more than the team that won, but a gutsy win. Um, you know, an all, a full team win. Everything had to go their way in order for them to come back, and it did. And goddamn, man, Burrow is a franchise changer. I mean, look at this guy. He goes from having, uh, let's just say it. He had uh, no disrespect to your Alabama. No, there's none. He, he had the he had the best season, and that was the greatest college football team of all time. And, and then he was rolling as a rookie, looking incredible. Tears the ACL, not even two years ago. Seemed what it was about a year and a yeah. half ago, and yeah. and doesn't Less skip than. a beat this year. Yeah, it was like week nine or something. Yeah, week it wasn't eight, early. Eight, no, it was twenty twenty season. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's incredible, and I don't know if he's here for a long time or just here for a good time because he's fucking throwing his body around like he's Big Ben, but he ain't Big Ben. He's not that big, um, but. I mean, God, he's got some balls, and I just I love it. He's a throwback quarterback, man. Oh, he really is, dude. He really is. He is he's impossible not to root for. He's he's taken on a franchise that has all they've been associated with is losing and being one of those franchises you don't want to be a part he's of. Got, Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. He's got the swagger of Baker Mayfield, yes. but he actually backs it the fuck up. Yes, think about very it, good call. Put, put it in perspective if, if Baker said all that shit that he said. I think Simmons said this on his pod too, and I was like, that's a good point, so I guess I'm stealing from that. Don't care. Imagine if Baker said all this shit. 
They're not stealing if you're giving them credit. Yeah, uh, true. But imagine Baker said all this shit. It would be eye roll and yawn and whatever. But how can you talk shit to the guy when he just led his team to the Super Bowl? Well, you can't. And, and you got to give him his flowers. Yes, he's built up enough equity now where even if they get smoked in the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's done more than in in two years than Mayfield has done in any any year. And I mean, dude, honestly, like the thing that I like the most about this team is they are that team that arrived a little early, but they've made it really far, obviously, to the Super Bowl being that team that's too early. We usually see a team like that losing the divisional round or losing the championship game and get smoked, and it's like, well, don't worry. The future's bright. They're here. They'll be here for a long time. They're already here, and by the way, they have a cheat code, not just with Burrow, but with McPherson. There's nobody. There's nobody else who can go into a game. I mean, obviously he hit the game winner, but that was kind of a chip shot. You knew he was a sink in that one. But he had one before that from like 54 yards. That Let's not say nobody else. That upright, There's right? one other I mean, guy. He hit a game winner this year that broke the NFL well, record. Justin Tucker, I, I understand that. But uh, I, you know what I'm saying, though. Like from a clutch gene, we're watching a guy that if they don't have him. The guy's a rookie, they're, man. They're not here. I know. That's what I'm Absolutely. saying. They've got him for a long time, and he's got ice water in his veins. So between Burrow and the kicker, I mean, and the <laughs> yeah, rest of that it's, talent, it's, cool, you never hear, it's crazy. You never hear about a kicker instilling, you know, the swagger in a team or whatever, but this guy's this he he just fully embodies Burrow and the rest of this team, and, and they're a lot of fun. Um, and, and we're going to talk Super Bowl predictions. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little early predictions after we talk about this next game. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm, I'm very curious to see where you lean. That will lead us into the second game. I guess you would call it the Sunday night game. I like these games, and I know you said it. I like these games getting kicked off a little bit earlier so I can go to bed. No, it's, it, it's perfect, it, it, and it should be that way. It's been this, it's been this schedule for a long time, but mm-hmm. the, the th- what is it, the 3 o'clock and – no, it's 3.30 and – I feel like this is the first year I notice it because I'm like an adult and – yeah, I think it's. I gotta, oh yeah, I'm a cat daddy now. I'm a father. That's true. That's true. You're three and six thirty Eastern time, which is yes. perfect. Which oh, is perfect. absolutely. You're going to bed by if you want to by ten o'clock. You can unwind and and process things. It it's listen. NFL does a lot of bad. We're going to talk about some possible bad oh, that yeah. the league uh, may have done uh, after after we talk about the games um, and the Giants hire, which is kind of tied into it. Um, but yeah, good job by the NFL. Second game Rams at home against the Niners 20 to 17. Matty Stafford gets it done again, a tale of two halves and let's put our hands up as Jimmy G defenders. Jimmy G sucked balls in that second half. Oh, he was awful. But yet I do. I do still still think position. Tom, they're still in position to win that game if Tart doesn't drop a fair catch interception that Stafford just ill-advised throws up in in the air like it's nothing. Yeah. No, I I do agree with you. They're still in position, this Rams offense. Well, they're leading 17-14 at that point, and they're about to get the ball back with probably a really nice run return by Tart that would put it back into into, uh, L.A. territory. 
Yeah, and not to mention, towards the end of the game, Sean McVay just like feels like he's trying to outsmart everybody, including himself, on the field with that challenge of the. Oh my of god! The, I don't even remember what was the challenge for it. Was it a spot or was it a fumble? It was, he had one for a spot, and that never gets overturned. Wasn't it for a fumble? Well, there was one on a fumble that he was never going to win, but then he challenged the fourth down spot that was a turnover on downs. And I mean, like, dude, you're never going to win that. He's throwing away timeouts like he's up twenty or he's down twenty. You know, and, and it's oh, no, a they, they, won in, they won in spite of him, man. We can call it what it is. They won in spite of him. He yeah. was a, he was abysmal. That was an abysmal coaching job. And him. it always seems to be like his hands get a little shaky when he's playing Shanahan. I, I don't understand it, but I, I guess this this uh, goes to the old adage, you can't beat a team three times in a row, which was like just smacking us in the face when we both picked the Niners. Um and well, I pointed that out. If you don't I, forget, no, you we, did. We did you pick did. them, but and we I did totally say that. went against that. And we're both gonna listen. We're both gonna file that away for next year and, and the years to come. Luckily, yes. I didn't. I ended up losing a bundle because the Chiefs lost, but then I won it all back on a bunch of prop bets. I was like, I'm not gonna bet this game straight up. I don't have a feel for it. <laughs> Sean said you can't beat a team three times in a row, but I like the Niners, so I'm gonna that those cancel each other out. So I don't know who's gonna win, but I I know Debo Samuel is gonna score. I know Kittle's gonna be heard from, and I know Stafford's gonna throw for a million yards. So luckily, I I I uh, I I got some cash back on that. Um, Good for you saving yourself. Just real fast, I did not proclaim that they can't. It's not like me saying a center can't be the best no, team but that, or best player. But, but I that did say, just watch just, out for it. That adage yeah. is it's it's a it's a saying for a reason, man. Yeah, totally. But back into the game, first half. I mean, getting a lot of pressure on on um, Stafford, and I mean there was I feel like there was a ton of drops, including your boy OBJ. Um, but the Rams did just enough to stay in the game. And then again, you said it, Jimmy G sucked and the Rams absolutely won in spite of their head coach. And by the way, their all-star pass pass rush finally decided to wake up and, and do what they had to do. Yeah. And it was late. I mean, listen, Garoppolo was terrible in this game. He made a couple of plays. He threw that touchdown pass to Kittle that I thought was a really good throw, and I was ready to say, oh, see, he's, he's not doing a lot, but yet again, here are the, here are the Niners are in position to win. And 65% Niner fans there sure sounded like old candlestick. And I was like, all right, they're still going to find a way to win this game. I can't believe it. And Stafford throws up that fucking absolute abomination of a – I guess you should call it a pass, but it really was like he punted with his arm. You know, when you're playing like backyard football and you're like, okay, nobody actually wants to kick, just throw it up in the air. Yep. That's what it was. And I couldn't believe when he dropped that. I was like, and I literally said to, to my buddy I was watching the game with, I said, that's going to cost, that's going to cost the Niners the game because you just knew that at some point the Rams were going to make some big plays. And yes, OBJ had the drop, but Cooper cup came up with some unbelievable plays OBJ had, I think, 113 yards receiving. Yeah, he, he was a around. monster on third down, too. They just couldn't stop him. And then, Tom, you see literally the next play after that drop pick, he hits Stafford hits Odell on the first down catch, and then you get the um, you get the unsportsmanlike, the helmet-to-helmet that tacks on another 15, and, and they're rolling there, right? They kick the field goal, they tie it. And uh, the momentum had completely swung, and you, you you mentioned it perfectly. The uh, the Rams 
defense turned up a notch because they knew they could they could smell blood in the water with Garoppolo, and they just knew they weren't gonna. He was not gonna be the reason they won. Yeah, absolutely. I I still do think it's sad as a million reports came out today that they're shopping Jimmy G. That the guy. The guy does nothing but, aside from years where your team's completely decimated by injuries, including himself, he does nothing but lead you to championship games and Super Bowls. And now you're 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 looking to move on from him. But I it's guess all in the you eye need of the holder. you need somebody to to blame, right? Well, listen, he is deserving of blame. I mean, he was anemic that that second half and that final possession. I mean, he was just a deer in headlights and he is a limited player. Let's call it what it is. He has to have a really good offense around him, but he wins. His teammates believe in him. He's got moxie. He's led teams come from behind wins. And like you said, all they do is win. Now, listen, if you're the Kansas city chiefs or you're a fan of a team with a great quarterback or an Aaron Rodgers or you've been a Brady fan forever. Yeah. The guy fucking sucks. There's no question about it, but if you're looking at it from the standpoint of a franchise that's been in quarterback limbo or has whiffed on some first round picks, Jimmy G is a good player. He's going to get you to be a better team. He's probably going to get you to the playoffs. And I know there's people listening to us right now that cannot believe how much, you know, slack we give him, but it's true. I I don't care that much about, you know, 5,000 yard passing seasons. I don't care that much about throwing for 45 touchdowns every year. How's that worked out for Aaron Rodgers? He's been in one Super Bowl. That was 11 years ago. No, you're an Eli Manning guy, which is, you know what? He gets a job done when it matters. Yes. Yes. And that's what I say all the time. Now, granted, I, I do think Eli is better than Garoppolo, but it had a bigger arm for sure. But yeah, there's something to be said about guys that just, you feel comfortable with, when you know the odds are against you. That doesn't mean they're the best. That doesn't mean they're Hall of Famers. It doesn't mean that they're, you know, better Pantheon guys. But, shit, man, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been unbelievably prolific that just don't that wither when the lights shine the brightest. And no matter how much they're going to trust Trey Lance and they're going to move on and Trey Lance might be a bigger play guy and all that, we'll see, we'll see how it manifests in the win-loss record, right? That's for sure, and we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be next year. Could be Trey Lance, could be somebody else, could be Aaron Rodgers, for all we know. Yeah, we we don't know. But anyway, Tom, we got a Rams Bengals Super Bowl. Uh, tell me if yeah, tell me if anybody, you know, please tweet at us if you if you pick that one heading into the season. Um, Bengals, or I'm sorry, the Rams are a four point favorite as of right now. You think that's at fair? home? At home, but they are technically the visiting team. But yes, they are at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do think that's fair. They they are at home, um, and on paper they're they're the better team. Um, quarterback wise, obviously, give me Burrow. A few questions. You're uh, taking Burrow over Stafford? Yeah, as if it's nothing. Joey Joey badass. Shout out to the rapper <laughs> as well as Joe Burrow. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. Here here's my question. Uh, these are my my two questions for each side. One, okay. is Stafford able to contain himself and not throw the pick to Tart in this game or not make the boneheaded play when assholes get tight? The I guess for us, <laughs> the anti-Jimmy G. I love when you use that thing. You use it twice today, and I feel like at any time you get to use it, you love it. Oh, I, I do. I that's get a kick out of that's it one time. of my go-tos. Uh, that's, that's my question for the Rams. 
I, I think the pass rush has awoken. I, I think their defense is is top notch. But for me, it's is Stafford able to to really compose himself and and play a clean game and be a clutch quarterback and and win a Super Bowl because honestly, a lot of games and including, you know, a couple games toward the end of the season, they won in spite of him and McVay. Um, where it was like, what was that game where Stafford had like. 130 yards and a pick and they still won or whatever and then oh yeah it was towards the end of the regular season i believe and then finally my question for the Bengals, and honestly this is the biggest question probably why i'm leading la in this game is is this where we go all the we're, we're going all the way back we're coming full full circle here is this where the you need to take an offensive lineman. Don't get me wrong, Chase had a historically great season. Is this where the offensive line woes finally come to rear their ugly head? And I don't care how great Joey Burrow is, he's not going to be able to throw from his back. All really great hypotheticals. All really good questions. Um, I think all of them will be answered you know, on Super Bowl Sunday on the thirteenth. <laughs> no, seriously. Analysis, I, I that, man. Hashtag. I think I think you hit, you know, from every corner, I think you hit him. I mean, listen, we've already seen Burrow not be able to throw and then still win the game, right? Now obviously the Rams are more explosive than yeah, the Titans, I, but that's the Titans my were point. number one seed. So yes, I, I mean listen, they made their bed with that. They're gonna they're going to do nothing. I guarantee you in free agency, which they have a lot of cap and in the draft, they will do nothing but draft offensive line. Totally agree with you, but they, they can't do that before the Super Bowl. So, right. So, and, and the Rams are not the Titans when it comes to defensive line, not to mention secondary, where it's well, like... Well, the defensive oh, line is pretty close. I mean, they're maybe they don't have the elite pass rushers that the Rams have, but they... They create a lot of a lot of pressure from the interior of that of that defensive line. Sure, so I but I mean, instead, but yeah. I mean, Von Miller yeah, you don't has have a, a walk-in, right. and not to mention Floyd's a hell of a player as well. You know, they, their pass rush is probably when when it's turned on the best in the NFL, and then they have that secondary to back it up. And it's it's like, listen, even if you don't sack the guy, if you're putting pressure on him, is Burrow just going to throw the ball, you know, up for grabs with a guy in his face? And is is that is Jalen Ramsey going to pick him off? That's that's my question. Is is this terrible, terrible offensive line finally going to bite this Bengals team in the ass in the Super Bowl? Well, can they run with Mixon? Right? Can they pick mm. up third down yardage with P. Ryan? Um, is somebody other than Chase? I mean, Chase really didn't do anything major in that Chiefs game, but T. No, they really him broke up. through. No, so, listen, they have so, they have skill position players. Uh, they are tops in the league. They got three, honestly, probably. Boyd's another one? Yeah, they got two wide receiver ones and, and a, and a high-end wide receiver two. Um, and all, all three of them, if you told me that Boyd had 130 and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't tell you you're crazy at all i i would not be surprised um but that that's really my question is on the ram side is that does stafford has the does he have the cojones after all these years of being stuck in detroit to to sack up and, and play the game that he needs to and then on the other side is that offensive line going to be able to hold up i want to add a little bit more to your point about stafford because i think it's probably the question that's going to be asked the most leading up into this game because i think for Listen, we obviously want to give Cincinnati the credit 
that they deserve. Everybody does, but let's let's be honest. This this game, this storyline heading into this game in LA, where the Rams are hosting, basically, they're the question is going to be, can they complete this? You know, they went out and got Stafford not to make the playoffs, not make not to make the championship game. Shit, maybe not even to make the Super Bowl. They got him to win the Super Bowl and make game-defining plays in the Super Bowl that Jared Goff couldn't in their eyes. He's almost there. He's done everything that they've needed him to do. And, yes, he's he's had some missteps and he's had some bad moments. And, shit, man, if that interception's caught, they're probably not here. But the pressure now is at its apex. And... That, or, that stadium, it's going to be filled with Rams fans or fraud Rams fans. You like to use the fraud term here. I think that's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll lend this it to you. This is pressure that they've never felt. They're almost there. They've almost done it. They've went all in. They don't have a draft pick till like 2028. <laughs> they've mortgaged their entire future for this one to two year window with great skill players coming out of their primes, with Odell coming over, with Von Miller coming over, with Aaron Donald still being a force, Jalen Ramsey, all on down the line. You have a generational year by Cooper Cup. They need one more game against one of the worst kind of matchups from the standpoint is the Bengals went into Tennessee. No one expected them to win. They went into Arrowhead. Not only won, Tom, but came back. And the biggest comeback since in the in the league championship game since the since the Colts did the Patriots in 06. nobody is going to expect or put a lot of pressure on this Bengals team. The entire world's pressure is going to be on the Rams. Mm. Do they feel that? Ooh. That I think is huge. Damn, you're really making it hard for me to gamble on this game. I'm not saying they can't. I'm not saying that. Yeah, but you did the same thing to me last week, through. and now it's like, do I go Bengals because Sean's making all these, these, these very good, you know, over the years these these comparisons where it's like, oh, you can't beat a team three times. Do we do we go do I go against that? And now it's like, do I go against the house money? Nobody believes in us team. That's the tough part. I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying to win, but. As of right now, we'll see if the line moves at all. You said you were interested to see where I'm leaning. Four points in a Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm going to mm. take the Bengals in that game, in that spread. I'm not going to give my official pick until the week of. Right now, I'm leaning Rams. Um, but I, I'm not going to place any bets either until next week. Um, I, I got to ask you. I, I can ask mm. you this now. Sure. <clears throat> Who are you rooting for? Oh, man. Do you want your boy Eli Apple to get a ring or your boy ODB? <laughs> well, I definitely am not rooting for Eli Apple individually. <laughs> Odell is a tough one, man. I mean, listen, I, I hated how he threw guys under the bus. I hated how he wanted out of New York and all of that. But I also think he was in just an awful spot, you know, at the point where the Giants were. We didn't know it at the time that they were going to spiral into what they'd become. But, you know a generational talent like that deserves a quarterback that can actually get him the football. And he may not be what he was six years ago, but damn, is he still a great player? I love how he goes and gets the football. Um, not going to root for him personally, but I'm not going to be upset if they win. Oh man. I'm going to, I think I'm going to root. I think I'm going to root for the Bengals. There's something about Burrow. I just, I just love it. Yeah. I can't pick because I love Burrow so much, but I also, I love Odell Beckham. It's really hard, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I would not be upset. 
with either result. As long as there's not an, an NFC an NFC East team for me to vehemently root against, mm-hmm. I really can't root against anybody. I mean, last year I was in a crossroads too because I love Mahomes and I, I love the Chiefs. I'm like, ooh, they could spark a dynasty here, win two in a row. But I also love the story of Brady going to a Super Bowl his first year in Tampa. Oh, my God, are they going to win? Like, found myself secretly rooting for Tampa, even though if the game had been completely opposite, I would have been fine with Mahomes too. So, I don't know. I think it, I hope it's a great game because the storylines within the matchup is really good. Yeah, as cliche and as stupid as that is to say, I don't care who wins. I just I don't want it to be a Patriots-Rams game. I don't want it to be like last year either where the game was over in the second quarter. Yep. No, I you agree. Let's, We've had let's too have good a of a playoffs. One. Oh, man, this has been all time. This is why we love football and we're going to miss it. So let's enjoy it while it's still here and stop bitching and moaning that this season was too long. Although I did say that once. I take it back. But we didn't bitch and moan. We just acknowledged it. And I really think, Tom, it was a product of the fact that there was no great team and all the teams that were really good had spurts where they weren't very good. Yep. So we spent a lot of time. We probably had, like, over the course of the year, five or six teams that we would ask each other uh, on our Wednesday pod, are they the best team in football? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, come on. We should have. The we Patriots? Should've. Yep. The Colts? You yeah. Know, like, what's wrong with the Chiefs? Hey, are the Bengals for real? Bills. Bills. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Cowboys? Packers. All right, let's just stop listing teams in the NFL, except for your New York <laughs> Giants, who definitely yeah. were not in it this year. They went out and got themselves a new GM as well as a new head coach, and that's going to lead us into a later story. Um, but let's just break down who is actually part of the Giants organization, and then we'll talk about that later. Yeah, so the Giants hire former Bills assistant GM Joe Shane. As the GM, and they bring in uh, former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as the head coach. So you have that partnership there that seemed to make a lot of sense from the minute that they hired Shane. Uh, Poles was also another finalist who ended up taking the job, I believe, uh, in Chicago. But I feel really good about this, Tom. I mean, obviously it doesn't matter, right? Like the, all you have are press conferences, and they're going to say what they're going to say, and no player personnel decisions have been made yet, no practices have been happening yet, no draft has been happening yet, no games have happened yet. But I'll just tell you right now, like this is the most optimistic I've been in a while, and the reason is, is they're joined at the hip, right? Not only did Shane come in and have the opportunity to hire his guy, but his guy is somebody he's worked with now for a while and was the number one coaching candidate on this year's coaching carousel that a lot of teams had as their number one. So the fact that Shane, who was the one of the top two or three GM candidates, plus uh, plus Dable, you're, you're, for as bad as the Giants were and as awful of a situation as we think they're in, the two best candidates in each one had an option chose the Giants as their number one job. So that makes me feel really good, and it makes me feel really good going forward that they're going to share a vision as to how this team is going to be built, the players that they're going to bring in, the coaching staff that they're going to solidify. They already announced that they're going to keep Patrick Graham as defensive coordinator unless he accepts a head coaching job somewhere. Um, They brought in the offensive Lions coach from the Buffalo Bills to come over here. And 
I think it's in a good spot. I, I really, I'm optimistic because this is the formula for all successful teams. You have a GM and a coach coming together that have continuity and a shared vision, which is not what the Giants have had uh, over the last few years. Agreed. I like the continuity of all things. They're coming from a great organization. Um, and this guy's going to know how to build a football team, not just draft a bunch of random players and call them Hall of Famers. Um, I, I am interested to see, I don't know if he's been asked yet, um, officially what he has to say about Danny Dimes, because I know that the owners gave him a vote of confidence. Uh, I don't know how yeah, much that so means. He, he, no, he mentioned in the press conference yesterday that he, he's excited to work with him and he wants Daniel to to show him what, he's comfortable doing from a scheme standpoint, whether it be at Duke or any of his first three years in the NFL, which I like, but Tom, honestly, it's not very noncommittal. I mean, I don't think they're definitely not going to give him the fifth year option. They're going to let him play out this year. I think in a perfect situation, they bring in a competent backup. Um, and I truly believe that they're going to use this season as a test drive, but they are in no way, shape or form catering the entire future of this team to daniel jones which is how it should be unless a better option completely falls out of the sky while they're in cap hell daniel jones is the starter next year and i don't think that's a bad thing you get your hands on him you get to see what he does best if you feel really good about him and he stays healthy you talk about moving forward if not congrats we had a good year and now we get to finally bring our guy in there you go well Good things to come for the Giants. Uh, I think, honestly, you can only go up from here. So let's hope we see some better drafting. Shit, man, they need to. They can't be – they cannot be in I'm this also, kind of situation. I'm also interested to see what they're going to do with Kenny Galladay. Well, I, I think that they look at Galladay as, first of all, he's unmovable. And second of all, there's no way for – maybe he's not anything close to what they paid him, but for him to have no touchdowns, that's almost impossible. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you blame all that on the guys that got their asses kicked out the door and keep it moving. That's exactly right. Hey, and the last thing too, I'll say on this, I'm excited to finally have a guy and a vision that's going to play 2021 offense in the NFL. Uh, it'll be nice to finally be a part of the uh, a part of the party because yeah, that's welcome, not what been. welcome to the to the new to the new twenty to the 2020s. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Really excited to be here. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one, another big one. The greatest, I don't know, is he the greatest athlete in American sports history? Definitely the greatest quarterback, greatest football player of all time. I'm going to give him all his flowers, even though he beat the shit out of my Jets for the last 20 years. <laughs> Tom Brady finally announced his retirement in a very convoluted, weird way, but Tom has gotten a little weird over the last couple of years. Did finish man in the arena before he retired. Um, pretty good. Not going to lie, pretty good. Felt motivated. Um, <laughs> he finally you announced his that, retirement. Are you using some of that motivation in the gym? Oh, man, I'm getting after it. I lifted today after uh, waking up at 4.30 in the morning. Um, You're a savage. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Down some weight. Uh, yeah, um, listen, I'm trying to get back to, to the prime form, to the genetically perfect form. Um, yeah, so thoughts on this? It was a little weird with the Schefter thing. I don't know if he was trying to get back at him for, for reporting over the last few years, over, you know, the last 22 seasons or whatever. But Brady did it finally on his own terms today, I think it was. And yep. 
you know, a lot of a lot of Patriots fans a little upset because he didn't mention them in his official statement, but then he went back and took care of that and cleaned up the mess. A mess that he created himself, which I thought was pretty dumb. And I think there definitely is some like um I don't want to say truth to it. I I I think there's definitely some meaning to that. I don't think that was a mistake. Oh god, no. No, no. Nothing this guy. This guy is the most calculated guy that that we've seen in sports uh, outside of maybe like Derek Jeter or something. He knows exactly what he's doing. And yeah, obviously he loves the Patriot fans, but I don't think there's any love lost still between the ownership and the, uh, and the head coach there, but regardless, he then retires. he realized yeah, he right. fucked up and he threw up like yeah. a million Instagram stories about the, well, Patriots. it also, hel- it also helped that Kraft took the high road and right after it came out said, you know, had, had his guys make a great post for him, and and Brady was probably like, ah, shit, all right. Um, but, yeah, it was weird on Saturday, right? Um, and I never thought it meant that he wasn't retiring, but I th- thought it was strange that with how social media-driven Brady has been and how, how he's become the social media beast, that he didn't announce it himself. So I was like, hey, let's give it time. He probably doesn't want the story to be broken by a journalist, exactly like you said, about, especially about Schefter. I'll take care of this myself. And he probably also didn't want it to be on the weekend of the conference championship games because he knows how much those games matter to the NFL and to the players playing in it. So uh, he did it on a Tuesday where we obviously have the Pro Bowl this coming week where it's not during Super Bowl week. And um, the best career of, of I wish any he would. I wish he would play in the Pro time. Bowl. I wish he would. I wish he would too. It'd be great. But yeah, I mean, he's not going to win the MVP this year, I don't think, but he's going to get a lot of votes. And you, you said it last week, Tom, perfectly when we did our pod. It's the perfect time for him to go out. He, he won his Super Bowl his first year in Tampa. Did I say he, it or did you say it? I don't know. I think I think you were because I said I, I was pretty – I said I still can't buy it. I said I still can't buy him retiring. Yeah. I do think it's a great time for him to go out. And Michaela asked me, she said, do you think he'll pull a Brett Favre? This girl's very mm. dialed into sports. I'm proud of her. She really is. I'm, pr- I'm very impressed. Um, and I said, you know, I, I don't know because, I mean, I was I was telling her, like, listen, Favre did it like two or three times to, to um, the Packers and then he did it to the Jets and then he did it to the yep. Vikings. So I was like, I mean, Favre was just indecisive and – well, like, he wanted it on his terms, and, and the yeah. Packers would no longer play his game, and then he wanted to go straight to the Vikings, but he needed a year with your boys to, to, to get there. Yeah, and and I, I told her, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I mean, there's going to be speculation, but I, I think it is done, uh, at least for a year. I, I, I don't think he'll come back in the middle of 2022 if the Bucks or if a team is struggling. Um, you know, I know Jordan did it several times too, and he went back and played a few years with the Wizards, let's, and he still left let's being fast good. forward. Let's fast forward to, I don't know, August, September, something yep. like that. There's going to be clips of Brady and Montana still throwing, or it's going to mm-hmm. be the story Brady's still in playing shape and all that shit. You know that's coming. Oh, of course it is. Should I write the first? Should I write? I mean, listen, I know the website's kind of dead. Sorry for everybody, (laughs) but should I write and and just give it away for free to get a to get a little to get a little pub out? Should I write the first article? 
hey, if you want to get out ahead like, of this, in case you haven't title, early, in case you haven't noticed, Brady's still in playing shape. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that will ever change. Like he'll be sixty-five, and it's like, could he still go out there and throw for two fifty? Um, but yeah, I, I listen. I think this decision was made because. He's committed his entire life, every day of his life for the last 20-plus years to being an NFL quarterback um, at the expense of his family. And, and you saw Derek Jeter do it, right? You know, Now, granted, Brady's leaving the game on a much higher note than Jeter was, but Jeter was like, it's time for me to have my family. It's time for me to focus on other endeavors. And Brady might want to buy one of these teams. Brady might want to continue to do what he's doing. I, Very I think interesting that... that- I mean, Jeter obviously was a Yankee the whole time. Brady was Patriot for like 99% of it. Very interesting. I get the same vibe that you're not going to see too much of Tom Brady in New England. Like, we never see Jeter around. That's a really interesting point. I feel um, like we saw Jeter yeah. for Mo. Well, Jeter had his, had his ceremony, too, uh, in 2017. Well, yeah, you got to show up. Imagine he didn't show up to so. that ceremony. I feel like well, the whole yeah, city would have got burned down. You know, I'm sure if the Patriots, when the Patriots, not if, when the Patriots induct him into their Hall of Fame or their Ring of Honor or whatever the hell it is that they have, he'll be there and, and they'll celebrate. But, yeah, it's. I think you're right. I don't think he's going to be a fixture in Foxborough, Massachusetts. No, not at all. I think he's got a house in Greenwich, though. Maybe I'll see him at the grocery store or something. Yeah, um, I'm sure he shops where you do. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I I didn't think it would be offensive for me to not put you and Brady in the same status. Well, uh, it is offensive. Apologies. We have the same initials. We have the same drive. We have the same you know personality. You, you know this is this really is heightened new unmitigated gall on your part. <laughs> I have I, I can. I You're can telling me that the... Brady and I don't shop at the same grocery store. First of all, Brady probably doesn't shop for his own groceries. So well, if you wanted to say that, that's yeah. fine. But I mean. Like, what are you telling me? That there's another grocery store that I just don't know about? Probably. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll, Listen, I'll, I'll dive I, deeper I, into that. That'll be another I story. That, the I next title that will the, be like, The Unknown, The Deep Dark Secrets of Grocery Shopping for America's Elite. <laughs> That'll be story number two. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you got a lot on your hands coming up, and uh, you know that's good for you. You've given yourself a lot of homework. But no, yeah. I, I think... I'm very excited to to see, you know, what the landscape of the NFL looks like. I mean, Tom, honestly, now with all speculation of Rodgers leaving the Packers and probably going to the to Denver, which makes no sense to me, despite the fact they'll have a new ownership group and they just hired his old OC as their. Uh, why does it make sense to you? Because why would you want to go there in that division at the twilight of your career? I know he's still a fucking beast, but you want to go contend with. Mahomes twice a year and Herbert twice a year. The That's Raiders true. You want to do you want to do what who, you want to do what Brady did, where you go to an yes. absolute trash division and, Listen, and guarantee yourself the playoffs. His only competition was a decrepit Drew Brees. Like that that division sucked, and the conference wasn't even that good. I, I would totally understand if Rodgers wants to go to somewhere in the NFC. Please not the Eagles. Please not the Eagles. Um, but. Could want to go to Denver if that is indeed the case. I mean, that's jeez. You already have a hard time winning a big game in the playoffs. Do you, do you want to go do that? Keep talking like that. He'll definitely cross the Giants off the list. I think he's crossed the Giants off the list. Uh, <laughs> you know, probably before 
the, the link is even made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before it's even, hey, we have a list of teams. Uh, okay, the Giants aren't on there, right? We'll put 31 teams down. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> but no, dude, it, obviously, I don't want to rank yet because it's still fresh, and I, I'm not ready to start throwing out names. But we we have watched over the last eight years – some of the best players of all time retire between Brady, Kobe, RIP, and Jeter. I mean, three icons, three moguls, three of the most like celebrated, decorated players in the history of their sports. Yeah, couldn't agree more, man. Um, you know, there's. I'm not going to try and uh, describe Tom Brady's career because, again. For all, the, for all that he's done for football, there's no words to describe it. So see you later to the GOAT. I'm sure he'll be heard from in some other ways aside from uh, aside from football. Yes, well, we've already been seeing it, right? He launched his uh, his, his brand. He's got his... Uh, Expensive, man. I, I would yeah. put them in the Lululemon category. Are they? Price-wise... Are they Lululemon category? I thought they might even be another status, like even higher than Lulu. Price-wise, I would I would say they're in that Lululemon category, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, another name another name for an athletic brand is is deceiving me. It's just like a fucking T-shirt. It's like ninety bucks. Trust me, I thought yeah. about buying it. I'm sure you did. Um, no, I mean it's it's going to be crazy, especially once it goes like really mainstream too, where like. You know, you're he's going to make pop a up in an equinox. Oh yeah, oh, between yeah. that no and the that. between that and the crypto that he's fucking backing, or I don't even think it's yeah, a crypto. I think it's a doing... trading app, but whatever. Yeah, I forget which one it is, but yes. And then he's got a, uh, you know, he's obviously got this partnership with ESPN. He just did Man in the Arena. He's doing all these other things. Uh, he's all over social media. He's got his podcast. He's He's got everything, man. He, dude, the dude prints money, as, as does his wife, and, and good for him to go out on top. It, it would have sucked to have watched him play or, like, his last memory be, like, a knee injury or, you know, finishing a four-win season. I kind of look at it like Mariano, right? Like, Mariano definitely could have kept going. But that Yankee team just wasn't awesome, but he got to leave on his terms where, you know, the whole crowd got to salute him and all that. It, pretty cool. Good for Brady. Absolutely, man. Happen. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk real quick about um, Brian Flores. He is suing yes. the NFL, um, and I guess he's suing individual teams as well um, yep. for not conducting equal interviews for blackhead coaching candidates and also being bribed, bribed to tank games. So just Listen, let me just say this in jest before we get serious. If anybody wants to hire me and then bribe me $100,000 <laughs> a game to tank, I'll happily do it. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, and then I'll get my – I'll get NFL head coach on my resume, and before you know it, maybe I'll not only be a little bit richer, maybe I'll have a chance to be, you know, build myself back up as an OC and work my way around. A compliant NFL head coach to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's alleging discrimina- discrimination, you know, regarding his interview processes with Denver and, and my Giants, and this all came out from text that Bill Belichick sent. He kind of fucked. Fuck the Giants over a little bit here. He meant to text Brian Dable saying, hey, congrats, I heard you're getting the job. 
said he sent it to Flores. That's why old men, you know, don't want to discriminate. I'm no ageist here, but uh, <laughs> be careful. Be careful with your texting um, because you don't want to mess up something like that. Uh, whether you know technology or not, everything is out there as soon as you send it. There's a little PSA. Um, yeah, I, I this was really bad, and it, it brings us to the larger thing, which is the Stephen Ross, owner of Miami of the Miami Dolphins, thing. Well, listen, you can never prove racism to the head coaching interview circuit uh, of teams. You just can't. Um, the Rooney rule's in place, so you'll never know if you are a serious candidate. From all indications, honestly, dude, he was a real candidate for the Giants. It was like 1-1A. One one and I'm pretty sure Joe Shane really liked him, but it just so happened he had a guy he worked with for a long time that was very highly thought of as well, who had the Giants as his number one destination. So they went that route. Uh, but Stephen Ross with the Dolphins, dude, bribing him to lose games, $100,000 a game. They were really pissed that they were not tanking during the 2019 season and really pissed that they ended up winning, I think, five or six games, whatever it was, to avoid the number one draft pick. It, it, just, a ter- just a terrible look. And if Goodell's serious with all the stupid end racism and hate shit that we see in every NFL game, this guy's going to be forced to sell the team. Yeah, I, I think that he definitely need Goodell needs to seriously look into this for the for the face of the league and just to 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 absolutely be fair. And I mean, I'm in, I'm I'm super intrigued and I'm interested to see if you know Flores has any proof to this because it's it's going to be tough unless you have the proof. Unless you deflate footballs and and completely go against physics, which I mean then then they'll just suspend you for four games. <laughs> yes. Um, dude, this is a really uncomfortable topic, but you and I, I think, have done over the course of our podcasting tenure here a really good job of not jumping the gun or making comments half-heartedly. Like, I think that we're both obviously like-minded and sensitive guys and, and, and understanding of the gravity when we, when we hit the mic of what we're going to talk about. And it's uncomfortable, but with an answer that really it's just defeating. And I can't even imagine how it feels for some of these coaches is he doesn't have, he doesn't have a case, you know, I mean, because the text that came out, it, it, it to me, Dable was the number one choice for the giants all along. I mean, they were conducting interviews with, like, Dan Quinn before he eliminated himself from the situation and Leslie Frazier and and Patrick Graham, who were never going to be considered for the head coaching position. I know those are both African-Americans, but they were never going to get the job. It just wasn't going to be with the route that the Maras were going to go after firing Joe Judge. So I don't think you have a like to stand on there. The Stephen Ross part's very interesting. But what sucks the most is, Tom, when it comes down to it, the Rooney rule almost – kind of fucks the the black coaches even more because they're you can't force billionaire owners to hire somebody that they don't want to hire but they're going to have to conduct interviews with people they probably don't want to hire just for the hell of it so there's not really an answer because yeah there's these fines and there's these draft picks and goodell's been out in front of saying that we want to go ahead and we want more diversity, and I will say there were a few African American uh, GM hires that came around the circuit. That was nice to see. Um, but as far as head coaching, it's, we're down to one. It's criminal. It's terrible. It's despicable. It's completely 
opposite of the of the demographic that plays the sport, but I just don't know what you can possibly do about this, man. I know I just talked for a while, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, the coaches kind of get fucked like the players do in this situation where, you know, you you sign, you create a rule that ends up fucking you. And that and that's as simple as it is. I, I don't know what else to say. It's a shame. But, I mean, unless this my, Miami Dolphins owner, you know, left a paper trail, which some of these idiot billionaires do. I guess they're idiot savants sure. in my book. Um Actually, you know what? No, I think it leads more to like you're so rich, you think you're bulletproof. I think it's more that. Well, um, they don't have anybody to tell them otherwise. You know, they're all yes men that they're surrounded by. Exactly. Um, but unless there's a paper trail, then I don't think he has a case at all. And, and I do respect the fact that he said it himself. He may be risking his coaching career and ultimately getting blackballed. Um, I, I hope that's not the case. But again, I, I hate to say it. I don't think he has a leg to stand on. Nor I, and that's the worst part, is it's a very defeating situation, um, and obviously you can't, you just can't force guys to hire people they don't want, and I do give him a lot of credit. I think at the end of the day, Tom, we're going to look at Flores kind of in the same light as Kaepernick, where they took a stand against this monster entity that is the NFL, and without any proof of uh, collusion, that they're just not going to get jobs. I mean, he's a finalist right now for, for New Orleans and Houston. Uh, you could pretty much kiss that goodbye now at this point. Yeah, it's tough to say. And the and I feel, I mean, the Bill Belichick thing doesn't really hold any validity. The guy just kind of made a mistake. Right, and, and again, you know, <laughs> the Giants were going to hire Dable whether they conducted interviews with five white guys, five black guys, they wanted to do their due diligence. And that's what every good organization does is they, they, they interview a bunch of guys because they want to hear from around the league what executives think about their situation. What do you think about Daniel Jones? If you had Daniel Jones in this cap situation, how would you go about it? Do you want to blow this up? Do you want to try to win now and build for later? What do you think we should do with our two draft picks? That's being asked to everybody. And I think Leslie Frazier deserves a head coaching job. I I think Byron Leftwich does. I I think, obviously, Flores does. A lot of these guys do. The problem is, is there have been some bad exits where I feel like, yeah, of course this guy deserves another chance, but I don't want him to necessarily be with my team. You know, and if every owner feels that way, then they're going to be left out in the cold. Yeah, it's tough, and I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, I do hope there's a paper trail, and I hope he's proven right because then he Me might too. have a chance to coach again, and he was a hell of a coach. Yeah, and even if he doesn't win, even if he doesn't have a chance to coach, it would be a great victory going forward for possibly getting some of these old white racists out of out of the NFL owners because that's the only way this is ever going to change. You know, we talk about it in politics all the time, right? Like, well, how do we how do we get changes? Well, it's not with the president being elected; it's and the state level, and it's getting senators out, and it's getting people you know people in the house out who have these long-standing prejudices or these long-standing philosophies that's the only way it's going to change until that changes you can you can have whomever you want they're not gonna nothing's gonna matter exactly all right you want to talk about uh, a little nba before we close it out yeah let's end with our locals tom start off with your knicks 24 and 27 got a good win last night 
But this team just feels like the definition of mediocre. What are you watching? Exactly my point. Randall has really regressed. And, I mean, I like that they got him. I guess you would call it on the cheap. But it's only on the cheap for how he played last year, people. This is for He's a very expensive player for, for the output that he's giving you this year. And his numbers aren't terrible, but they are not what they were last year. The three-point numbers are down. The defensive metrics are down. The assist numbers are down. I mean, it, well, his player efficiency ratings down. Every he's just a worse player this year, point blank. Period. Um, the one bright shining star is that R.J. Barrett had an incredible month of January. He really seems to be turning a quarter corner. I think he's the only untouchable player on this team, in my opinion. I know Randall won't be traded due to that contract for a few years, if anything, but. Given the given everything else, the only untouchable player for me is R.J. Barrett. Uh, aside from that, the Kemba Walker experiment has not worked out. I know he had those couple of 30-point games back at the beginning of January, end of December. Tibbs is not going to play him on a consistent basis. He's too much of a turnstile. He's not a Tibbs player. I don't know why we even went out and got him. I liked it because it was cheap. It doesn't hurt you. Fine. But if you're not going to play him, it was stupid to go and get him. Um... Uh, for me, it's just right now I want to watch these young guys develop. You've seen the glimmer of hope with Ar- with um, Obi Toppin, Quinn Grimes, and Emmanuel Quickly. I-, I don't really care about the rest of the team except for Mitchell Robinson, but that guy gets hurt too much. And Simmons brought it up on his podcast, do the next trade for Westbrook. The only reason why I wouldn't trade for Westbrook, because I do understand he's an expiring next year, is because although it would be fun and he would be able to do what he does and make us uh, probably nine seed, a playoff team or a play-in team, I do not want Russell Westbrook stunting the growth of the rest of these players. You saw what he did to Victor Oladipo, Demasa Sabonis, I mean, the list goes on. Reggie Jackson, even. All these players that just weren't able to develop around him and then went to better situations and became, in the case of the two Pacers players, although is not on the team anymore, all-star caliber players because they were able to blossom. So that's the only reason why I don't want Westbrook, even though maybe we could get off of a couple longer contracts because I just don't want him hurting our growth. And that's where I am with the Knicks. Well, the tough part is, is I think your growth is already going to be stunted because of the head coach that you have and and just his. Yeah, he's not a big. Uh, he's not he's a not big a player, player development guy. guy. Yeah, he's no, a he win, He's been. a culture builder, and uh, he, your players are already developed. They're young, and they need to learn how to play defense. But they've already developed offensively. He's. I mean, listen, I I love Tibbs for what he did last year, but I just don't think he's the right coach for this team right now. No, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think it's I, I think it's abundantly clear, actually. Um, but to me, this falls on Leon Rose because he had an opportunity to retain Reggie Bullock, uh, and I know he's not a perfect player, but well, you know, Bobby you, Portis and Bobby Portis. Now that was two years ago, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to shit on him right now. And, I, and and truthfully, Tom, let's be let's call it what it is. Bobby Portis looks great. Because of the role he's asked to play yeah, on that Milwaukee yeah, team, he would, if he was on the Knicks and he had Julius Randle spot, you know, you'd be looking at him a lot differently. So let's not get out ahead of ourselves on something like that. I think the worst thing that happened is you you, you let some guys go. Okay, you bring in Evan Fournier. We knew at the time it was a bad contract, but at least you could say, all right, well, he's going to give us some offense. 
Yeah, he does every third game. The Knicks did, <laughs> uh, and the Knicks no did this defense. year. The Knicks did this year what the Lakers did on on like a way smaller scale because we don't have LeBron. That's Anthony a good Davis. point. I mean, That's they they got rid of a lot of really good rotational defensive players, and those are Tibbs kind of guys for offense and offense that comes and goes in spurts and zero defense, a la Malik Monk and Russell Westbrook and a few other guys that the Lakers went out and got. Yeah, Avery Bradley, who oh, can't score bad. and also can't defend. Yeah, um, he's cooked. He's not. He wasn't bad all the time. He's just cooked. Yeah, he's done. He's been done for a couple of years. But, Tom, this is, this is on Leon Rose for the personnel he's brought in, and it's on Julius Randle for not just regressing, but now you have him. You, you were hoping at least he would be – he would kind of become the de facto leader and take some pressure off Barrett. And he's not talking to the media now. He's had his run-in with the, with the, uh, with the fans. It, it's a bad situation. This, and is, I don't this think- is fucking New York. This isn't, uh, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans, bro. Well, the worst part about it was was he had no problem doing any of that last year when they were winning. But now all of a sudden you're losing. Fans don't like you as much. They don't reward you for being the four seed last year. They want to see you capitalize and and build on that four seed that we all know is fraudulent. But it doesn't matter. A four seed's a four seed. And this is a team that's looking right now like they may not even make the play-in game. Because you just don't know how many times they can win two or three in a row, which they're going to need to do. And you know, you know what I'm going to say. Let's unless it's for unless it's for an All Star caliber player still in his prime. Please, let's not mortgage the future. I don't think you're going to. I I, I think that there's an exit strategy here because at least some of the guys you brought in, and I do think Randall's tradable. They it, it might be hard to do mid season, but I think in the off season you're going to find a team that's going to look at him and say, okay, well, we have a bad salary too. Let's just switch it up and, you know, add a couple different players going each way and be fine or maybe part of a three-team deal for a bigger star. Who the hell knows? But I don't think his future in New York's that long because it clearly shows that he's not a New York guy. And when you add the lack of production and the poor play and all that and a team that's not playing well uh, into it, then it's just a, it's just a bad spot all around. I am excited by RJ. I think he's really become a bona fide player. Obi looks interesting. Grimes, we know what uh, quickly is. Cam Reddish as well, which I forgot. But to Cam mention. Reddish is another guy who's not going to play, and I'm like, why would you trade for a guy who needs more minutes for to play for a team with a coach that doesn't believe in playing guys who haven't earned their playing time yet? You know, I love the trade when it happened, but then I kind of remembered, oh right. They don't. They're not going to play a guy like that. Like you, he. They need to be a guy who, by the way, like had a few years ago playoffs last year. No, he was awesome. But they need to be like what the Nets were a few years ago, where you're just like, yeah, we're going to go bring in a guy who's fallen out of favor with another organization, and don't worry, you're going to play. We don't care how much you suck. We don't care how many growing pains there are. We don't care what your usage rate is. We want to see what we've got in you. And you're right. He torched the Knicks. They had a front row view at it. You'd think that he would be a better option than Fournier or some of these other guys. But, you know, Tibbs, he's just, like you said, he's just not going to do it. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Tibbs is, he 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 runs out quick on, on Tibbs. He does. Saw it in Minnesota. Chicago, he lasted a little bit longer, but they also had a ready-made team. They were very good. Um, I, I think he's not a player development guy, like we said. Cam Reddish, 
It's honestly a disservice to to not be playing Cam Reddish, Grimes, quickly, and, and topping more minutes. You have to see what you have with this team. You're not in finals contention. You're you're barely even in playoff contention. Let's figure yep. this the fuck out. I don't care. I, I don't know who you got to bring in to, to develop these guys. Maybe it's former fucking Nets head coach. What's his face? Who? The Nets head Atkinson? coach. Yeah. Oh, Atkinson. Yeah. yeah. He's in Golden State now. I mean, to, I don't think it matters, though, because as long as the head coach says this is the way we're going to go, you can develop the players all they want. I'm sure they'll play well enough if given the opportunity, but they're not going to be given the opportunity, so it's kind of lost. It's that's why I'm saying Tibbs has got probably got to go. I, I, I just don't know how I because I, I really do think that they hold a lot of weight on what happened last year, and I think they they're going to look Are they at the it only more ones who who don't know that that was Fugazi. I think they do. I think they're going to say this is a player personnel issue. We didn't bring in the right guys. The ingredients don't work. It's not a Tibbs problem, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out a way to bring in better players because i i don't know how they are just gonna go you know what tips you're done i don't know man I, I think if they keep this shit up they might yeah uh, it's just it's a tough spot to be in i feel for you because you're stuck in you're stuck in this really weird spot where you're you have young exciting talent who you should be playing but you're the worst honestly tom let's just call it what it is the worst thing that happened in the next last year was being a four seed Absolutely. I was excited when it happened. It was a fun year, but I would have rather been in that play-in game, high fives all around, and let Randall play out his fucking contract. All right, let's move on to your Brooklyn Nets, a team that's a little bit more relevant than the Knicks, although not much. I mean, they're a sixth seed right now. Obviously, Kevin Durant's going to be out through the All-Star break. He'll probably come back. I mean, I don't know. Sprained MCL, I don't know. But I'm hoping for your sake he comes back. One to two weeks later, Kyrie Irving's playing on the road. James Harden in and out of the lineup, out of shape. Joe Harris, they're being very hush-hush about him and what the hell is going on with him. How are you feeling about your guys right now? I feel like LaMarcus Aldridge is the only reliable guy on the team. Which is no longer the case because he sprained his ankle in the Golden State game. Shit. He's out now for a while, and, and they don't have a full diagnosis. But, yeah, it sucks. Um Listen, this is a team in turmoil. Um, the benefit that they have is when this team does play together in the very short, short, small sample size that it's been, they wreck teams. I mean, you saw them play against the Bulls when the Bulls were rolling a couple weeks ago and all three played and it was a rout. Uh, the Bulls never stood a chance in that game. But we just don't get that very often. And right now they're in the sixth seed. They're 29-20. and 20. They're two and a half out of first, though. So that goes to show how bunched up this is with Chicago, Philly, Miami, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and, and the Nets. I mean, here's the thing. As long as they can tread water, they're on this long road trip right now with Harden and Kyrie playing in every game. They lost a tough one to Golden State. The, the, the obvious glaring need with the Nets is that their supporting cast just cannot provide offense. Uh, you're watching lineups where Bruce Brown's playing. You're watching lineups where Kessler Edwards, although has been a dog defensively and deserves a lot of credit for it, um, he's not a really scorer. I mean, Cam Thomas is a rookie. He has his nights, but he's not a real scorer or an elite scorer at this point. You got guys like Ben Bree and James Johnson and Blake Griffin at this time in his career, Darren Sharp. Which is obviously not going to give you a lot of offense. So it'll be interesting to see what the Nets do, Tom. 
as we approach the trade deadline, they have the trade exceptions uh, in their back pocket, particularly the 11.3 million from the Dinwiddie sign and trade. Um, I mentioned I didn't mention Patty Mills. He's been awesome, but yeah, this, this team is struggling offensively right now without outside of their main scorers and. Yeah, they're okay defensively, but they really lose offense. And maybe you can put Bruce Brown or Javon Carter in a package. I mean, they're already going to deal Millsap. That signing work didn't work out very well. And then they should be active on the buyout market. But, you know, I, I think all the teams are very flawed in this Eastern Conference. They can all be dominant when they're healthy and right, but they also can look like first-round exits when they're not playing well. That, how do you feel as a, as a non-fan of this team? Yeah, I, I think that they – Here's my opinion. They they need to get to the trade deadline, just a treading water, get some reinforcements in there, get KD healthy, and then you guys will be fine. That's kind of my thought, too, and that's been the default. But time keeps going by where there's so much uncertainty. And now you hear these hardened rumors, and it's just been a really rough stretch for this team that – you know is so good when fully right, but they're just never, ever fully right. No, and they haven't been. And honestly, they haven't been since you guys signed Kyrie and KD. And traded for Harden, too, but even before that. So, I mean, it's one thing after another with this team. Uh, I... I don't know what to tell you, except you just... You gotta wait till KD comes back, and, and Hopefully he can talk Harden to his senses because, listen, he may have lost a quarter of his step, but he's still probably a top ten player in the league. Um, yeah. and, and you just need some you need some guys that can actually play. You know what you have in Blake Griffin. You know what you have in Millsap, as you alluded. Um, well, Millsap's not even playing. Yeah, done. they're done. Yeah. They're done. Um, so, well, Millsap's not playing. Like He's not even a part of no, the I team. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, they just told him not to show up anymore. Um, right. That's pretty cool. I wish my job would do that for me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the only thing I could tell you is just hold out, tread water, and cross your fingers till the trade deadline. Yeah, and the buy- I honestly think that they're going to they're gonna add better pieces on the buyout market than they are yeah. at the trade deadline. But they, they need floor spacing. They need shooting. They, they need a, another big uh, rebounding big would be great. You know, Joe Harris has had setbacks with this ankle. It, it makes me nervous. I, I don't want to trade him because he's exactly the kind of player that this team needs. But if he's not going to be healthy and it's going to take him a while to get reintegrated into the offense when he eventually comes back, it's scary. And, you know, I don't want to lose Claxton because he's a really active part of that defense. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I think Claxton's going to move on in free agency anyways. So probably. You, you feel a little bit less hurt giving him up. Probably do. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting, man. I mean, I think all these teams are flawed. You know, we'll do a deep dive in the NBA coming up, you know, in the next few weeks. But, you know, you look at a team like the Bucks. They they have their they have their nights where they don't look very good. Miami's old and are they going to be healthy when you need them to be? And Chicago's been really injury prone and Philadelphia obviously has a dominant Embiid, but not what else during the course of the season and, and Cleveland's super young. So it, those are probably the teams that you would say in the East all have a legitimate chance to win a title and that they all, you can make a great case for each and every one of them to win a championship, but you could also make a pretty good case as to say why they're not going to get past the second round. Yeah. The only other team I'll add in there just because I feel like they do deserve the respect is do, you got to watch out for Atlanta. 
Yeah, but I think that they're going to make a lot of. I think they're going to they're going to purge some of that roster. Uh, and I think they'll be better for it. Does John Collins get moved? No. Herder? No. No. Who else do they have to really move then? I guess that's that's the team that they're going to keep rolling with. No, I mean, for me, it might be the big man that they drafted last year out of, uh, what was it, USC? Oh, Hunter? No, not Hunter. Oh, Hunter. No, not Hunter. Yeah, Hunter yeah. is part of their core. Um. I mean, I, I think that Capella could be a guy that's on the move. I think even Bogdanovich might might be a guy. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but because I know he came back for retirement, but Lou Williams might be a guy that they're going to move on from. Sure. Um. But I. But no, I, I don't think they move on from and possibly Collins, but I don't see it. But Trey Young, Herder, and Hunter are like the cornerstones of this team. Yeah. Those are. No, those I think- are. I mean. Herter's not, probably not a max player, but Hunter and obviously Trey Young are, are – Hunter's going to get himself a max contract if he can stay healthy. Wow. I, mark my yeah. words. Well, th- listen, this team, we've said it's felt like there's just been too many cooks in the kitchen there for a while. No matter how talented they are, they've already sold off Reddish. I know they've been winning a lot Okongu since that happened, is the guy's but... name, by the way. Okongu, okay. So, yeah, I mean, look, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't want to predict anything because we'll talk NBA next week um, before the trade deadline on Thursday. But as for our locals, I think they're just going to be in a, in a point where we're going to have to find out, you know, do they stay pat? Do they, do they get active or, you know, like I said, the nets will be more active on the buyout market. Um, but I think, I think there's going to be a lot of rumors coming out of New York uh, for the next eight, nine days. Absolutely. Obviously, the Nets are are buyers. It's interesting to see if the Knicks are buyers or sellers, and and what direction they're going in. Um, but we're gonna have to wait and see. Yes, sir. Yeah. It, 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 this the NBA de- the trade deadline is always very, it's always very unpredictable. You could have huge moves be made, or you could have a bunch of you know ancillary pieces that no one cares about. But I'm looking forward to it as always, especially in between the Super Bowl. Yes, I cannot wait. Um, I'm excited to lock into the NBA, although I'm going to miss football. But we have a lot of pods coming up over the next week and a half, as long as um, we don't die of exhaustion. So we'll be <laughs> we'll be talking to you guys a lot between now and Super Bowl Sunday. Damn straight. Everybody be good. Tom, you too. Rest up. Yes, sir. You too, bro.